Hey everybody, Tim Robertson here. Um, I know it's been a while since we've had a little podcast and uh, we're going to be discussing the uh, upcoming Mercury transit of the sun in a few more days. Um, I originally scheduled uh, ALPO uh, transit and eclipse coordinator Mike Reynolds to come on the podcast to talk about that. In fact, the week he passed away was the week we were supposed to record. It's been a tough time for us here at the ALPO. Mike was a very special guy. You can listen to other episodes, many episodes, in fact, of Mike making this podcast really something special. And I feel feel very grateful that I had the opportunity to talk to him and do a member profile. Um, you can go back in the history and look at that, when that was, and learn all about Mike, what he was, uh, his life, his loves. He was a generous guy. Loved his family, was a God-fearing man, and really, without him, there never, ever would have been an Observer's Notebook podcast. Um, I bounced the idea off Mike when I first started, and he was the one that gave me the most support. So, I miss him dearly. Um, His death was quite a shock to me, as well as everybody else. Um, But I'm the podcast we're going to talk about uh, upcoming It's about the upcoming Mercury Transit, and I threw it out there to all the ALPO coordinators, and thankfully, uh, Frank Maleo, who's the Mercury coordinator, stepped up and said, Tim, I would be pleased to do it with you. So I want to thank Frank, and I want to thank you, our listeners, for being patient with me as we get through this tough time in the ALPO, and we do miss Mike Reynolds very, very much. So here is the uh, November 1st edition, (laughs) coming a little late, of the Observer's Notebook podcast. Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Welcome to episode 80. I can't believe it's number 80 already. Of the Observer's Notebook podcast. I am Tim Robertson, the host of the Observer's Notebook, and also the coordinator of the ALPO training program. Thank you for downloading and listening. The ALPO collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomenon and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, the Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers, also known as the Strolling Astronomer. This podcast depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you do enjoy what you hear on the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon by giving as little as a dollar a month. If you feel even more generous, for $5, you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. And for a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And if you really feel generous and you like what we do, for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast and a year's membership to the ALPO. You can find out more by going to www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com slash observers notebook and 
let me take this opportunity to really thank our current Patreon supporters. Jason Inman, Jerry White, Ken Pashedley, Matthew Benton, Matthew Will, Michael Moyer, Sean Dillis, Stephen Bennett, and of course, Steve Seedentop. We could not have this podcast without you individuals. You're the ones that keep us alive. If you'd like to join the ALPL, membership begins at only $18 a year. For more information, you can visit us at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And we're also on the Facebook. Search for ALPO Astronomy. If you just search for ALPO, you'll get something about dog food. So don't do that. Search for ALPO Astronomy. And yes, this podcast also has a Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. And if you enjoy what you hear in the plot podcast, please subscribe. You'll never miss another episode of the podcast. And now, this special episode of the Observer's Notebook with Frank Malio, the Mercury Coordinator. I hope you enjoy it. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to this edition of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. And I'm very pleased today to have with us Frank Molino. He's the, uh, he's the coordinator for the Mercury section of the ALPO. Welcome to the podcast, Frank. Uh, thank you very much, Tim. Now, you've been on before. You talked about the Mercury section. And I really want to thank you for stepping up and, and doing this podcast where we discuss the Mercury transit that's coming up in a few days. Uh, I had originally scheduled it with uh, uh, the late Dr. Mike Reynolds, and unfortunately he passed away. So I threw it out yeah. there to the ALPO, and uh, you step, step, step up, stepped up and decided to take it on. I really want to thank you for that. Yeah, thank you very much. Yes, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Um, like um, I've been the Mercury coordinator for uh, for eighteen years, and um, I'm trying to keep you know the session, uh, trying to keep it up. And um, so far, so good. I mean, and now we look forward for the transit. And um, I, I live along Long Island, east of New York City. I'm 61 years old, and um, I enjoy observing Mercury and um, now that the big day coming on Monday, November 11th, and uh, that's one day that we all looking forward to, is that um, a, a Mercury transit will occur on yeah, that now, day. Now, why don't you just give our listeners a little bit of background? On what, what is a transit? What do you mean by that? Okay. All right. The, the transit, when uh, they come to when it's a very little object goes in front of the big object. Um, it, it's more, more it's more like a, any eclipse or any uh, occultations or something like that. Um, but in that sense, with uh, with Mercury and the Sun, Mercury is a lot smaller, so when it goes in front of the Sun, it would consider a transit. It's, it's not an eclipse. It's uh, they're too small to call them an occultation, but it's more probably a more appropriate to say transit when a small object goes in front of the big object. Okay, um, and how often do these types of events occur? Okay, the transits of Mercury occur usually about 13 times a year, uh, per century. Um, it's like, um, you know, uh, how often can you receive a transit? Well, um, if you consider lucky, if you witness three to four transits in your lifetime. 
Um, like you may see the first transit when you were a kid, and the second transit when I'm middle age, uh, third transit around middle age. And if you're lucky enough to, to live in, in an old age, you may see the fourth transit. So usually about three to four transit per lifetime. And how, and, how many um, have you seen? Uh, I saw two transits so far, and this is going to be the third one coming up. Okay. Now, how does yeah. one go about observing a transit? Okay. Um, well, we have um, to observe the transit, uh, like if you have a pair of sunglasses or dark eclipse of glasses, view and naked eye, Mercury is too small. Um, you need a little high magnification. If you have like a, a pair of binoculars on a tripod and you have a solar protection uh, to project the image of the sun on the white cardboard, uh, I think you were able to see Mercury at a very small dot. Um, it's very hard to distinguish between, you know, if it is a sunspot or maybe a little dust on the lens or something like that, and then it focuses on, on the cardboard. And uh, it's very hard to see it. You know, it's um, uh, as a black dot. So just as but, observing um, the sun itself, you want to have the proper protection. You want to yes, use I was either. About that shortly. Yes. Um, you, you want to have a good uh, solar filter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, the solar filter that usually a company when you buy the telescope is very, very dangerous. It's that's the one that typed um, type the eyepiece cell that is screwed onto the barrel of the eyepiece. And Do they that's still sell them like that? I know, I know the, the first refractor I ever bought had one of those little ones that screwed into the back of the eyepiece. And uh, do they actually still sell those like that? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I bought the Pasco telescope yep. and uh, it usually come with a solar filter. That yeah. screws on onto the eyepiece. Yeah, that's what I had and, too. And yeah, yeah, um, not, not safe. That's very dangerous. Yeah. yeah, it's not safe. But but you do have a, a, a solar filter that goes in front of the telescope and already blocks the sunlight. Enough sunlight prevents it going inside the telescope. Um, it's usually like a Smith Cassegrain telescope uh, where you have a, a, a filter that goes in front of it. Um, that's much safer. It reduced a lot of sunlight and heat within the tube. Um, also, um, you need probably an off-axis uh, aperture uh, solar filter. Like if you have an eight-inch telescope, you don't need a full aperture to, to observe the sun. I mean, the, the sun is already bright enough. And I use an off-axis, say like two and a half, three inches opening on the side. And um, it will also will help to um, compensate the turbulence. Instead of use the full aperture, you use three inches aperture, and um, then you compromise the resolution, and you will probably see it a little more clearer than if you would use the full aperture. So, you know, observe the sun during the daytime, you, you hit a lot of turbulence, you know, so that's always a good idea to have a reduced aperture. And of course, you need, you you don't need a large aperture, a large telescope, no. or anything something like that because the sun is it's bright anyway. <laughs> the sun is the sun is pretty bright. Yeah, you really don't need magnification yeah, for the no. sun. Yeah, but to see the but to see Mercury because Mercury is pretty tiny in relationship to the sun. Yeah, okay. And luckily, this time, as the sun is right yeah. now, 
there isn't much activity on the sun. So I think confusing it with a with a uh, sunspot might be difficult because there aren't any. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, during the transit, how small is Mercury? During the transit, Mercury is ranging from 10 to 13 odd seconds. Now, the big transit coming up, Mercury is going to be a little less will be a lot smaller than other time during the transit because Mercury will be closer to the sun and yet further away from Earth. So Mercury will be appear like 10 odd seconds, like a circular black dot against the sun. And also will be a perihelion, which means that the point of the orbit with Mercury is closer to the sun. And therefore, it will be a pretty quickly. I mean, it moves a lot faster than any other time in the orbit. And so it's going to be like a, a quick transit. So, now, um, when you say quick, what do you mean? How long will it take for it to well, I mean, it, it's uh, quick enough that, um, that it will probably take as long, as long as five and a half hours to transit. Okay. And other times, when, like when it's doing, um, when it's further away from the sun and yet closer to Earth, then the transit may be less as long as eight hours because okay. Mercury is moving a lot slower. Now, is it visible um, anywhere we can anywhere where the sun is visible, like a lunar eclipse? Okay, um, the the visibility of the of the transit will occur uh, mostly the eastern half of North America and uh, the whole continent of South America. So, if you're within that range, you will see the entire transit. Okay. Now, other part of the globe, uh, like of the Far East, uh, like China, uh, Japan, uh, Australia, something nighttime. like that, it will occur at nighttime. Okay. That they won't see it. Now but you're other a, part of the globe, yeah, other part of the land, like in Africa, something like that, you will, it will, they will see the transit, but sun will set while it's in progress. Okay. Now, you're in New York. And what yeah. are the hours that the transit will be occurring in New York? Okay. Um, the transit, uh, the sunrise will occur around 10 to 7 in the morning, 6.50, and the transit will start at 7.35. Okay, so right after sunrise. Yes, so about 45 minutes after sunrise, yes. And that's when um, to come to uh, when Mercury touches the sun's limp. Okay. First contact and second contact, yes. Okay, so me being on the West Coast, that will already be in transit when the sun rises. Yes, of course, uh, the sun rises uh, will be much three, at least three hours uh, later along the West Coast, so the transit would already be in progress. Okay. About, probably almost almost halfway. Okay. So, I can so see you will find during the sunrise, I, yes, you will find Mercury on the... Uh, Transit. Okay, so I could I could see it before I go to work then on Monday morning. Oh yes, yes. Okay, well that's a good thing. <laughs> yes, yeah. So um, so everybody will see it, you know. Um, okay. So just the United States would see the whole, we see the whole transit. Yes. Okay. Now you mentioned these happen about three times in a person's lifetime. When is the next Mercury transit taking place? Okay, after November 11th, the next one will occur on 2032. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, unfortunately, it won't be visible 
from you know from North America or the United States. It would basically like somewhere like in Europe or something like that on the far east. Okay, so I'll and, tell you what, um, you you and I will meet up in twenty thirty two somewhere in the far east to see that one, okay? Yeah, yeah. Let's mark it down on the calendar. That, another one after that uh would be twenty thirty nine. Okay. And that we cannot see from North America and that will occur at nighttime. Oh. Now the very next step, the very next one that will be visible in the United States, it will be 2049, exactly 30 years from now. Oh, wow. So as you can see, I appreciate how rare is this event. This, this I mean, is. 13 times a year, um, not all trends are visible in one area. They're visible all different time, all right. different time along the globe. But we were very, very lucky that we able to see two transits within three and a half years. This is true. The one last one occurred, yeah, the, the, the last one occurred in, in May 2016, May yeah, 9th. I remember that one too, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. just three and a half years later, we have another one coming up. So okay. we're very lucky just within that short time. Right. Now, and now other time, yeah. transits the occur. Time, okay, go on. I'm sorry. No, the other time, it's, it, 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 is um is many many years apart to see the transit from the same spot. Okay. Now transits occur because a planet passes between the Earth and the Sun. Well, the only other planet we have that does that is Venus. So how often does does Venus transit the Sun from that we can see? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yes. Uh, Venus transit is, is, is much much rarer compared to Mercury, because um. Uh, between Mercury and Venus, um, it's a, Mercury is moving a lot slower than Mercury. And uh, it, so it, it takes more time for going around the sun compared to Mercury. Um, we just have one, a pair, occur in 2004 and 2012. All right, so that's just recently. A, the Venus transit... Um, it lasts, um, it, it, it's occurred every hundred years, uh, every hundred and five to ten years comes in pair, which means that, uh, you know, when one occurred, then then the second transit occurred eight years later. Then another pair won't occur every hundred years. So the next one will occur for Venus transit will be 2117 and 2117. 2125. Okay, so you, not, you and I can meet up for that one again too, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I tell you, uh, Mercury, um, don't forget, Mercury um, orbit inclines about 70 degrees respect to the Earth orbit. Okay. So, that's why sometimes when Mercury goes through the inferior conjunction, um, usually goes above or below the sun, and other times it goes straight across the sun. Okay. It's known as transit. Uh, there's two points in orbit that when uh, Mercury orbit edge on to us as viewed from Earth, and that's when uh, that's when the transit occurs. But Mercury has to be at the right place at the right time when the Mercury orbit uh, edge on to us. And what you're explaining uh, there the is the plane that all the planets are on. Not all of them are exactly on the same line. Mercury's is a little no. bit tilted as compared to the Earth, so that's why you're saying yeah. the seven degree. Okay, I understand that. Yeah. Now, yeah. so yeah. another time, that's when um, 
uh, when Mercury go through imperial conjunction, uh, usually go above or below the sun. Okay. And that's when not, that's why the transition do not occur. Now, now, is there scientific significance to observing these, or are these just are are these just fun things to see? Um, well, it, uh, like compared to Venus, it's not as dramatically as uh, as Mercury transit. Don't forget, Mercury. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Venus much bigger and half the atmosphere, so there's a little more. Um, it's a little more scientific involved. To, to, you know, to, to see. Um, the transit of Venus, but Mercury doesn't have the atmosphere, and it's much smaller. Um, the only thing it can be scientific value if you if you um, have another person uh, a thousand miles away observe Mercury at the same time, and you're able to see uh, the parallel shift, uh, which which one person would see Mercury on a different part of the sun compared to the other the other person. And also see a different part of the sun, and they can be able to see how much shift is involved between the two two people observe the trends at the same time, and they able to uh, detect the the parallel shift. Now, what do you and mean by parallel by shift? Doing that, what that? What do you mean by parallel shift? Well, you can see Mercury with a, uh, with a little um, different um, area in the background. Okay, so you're looking at. Yeah, like a person look at Mercury on a certain angle and compared to another person look at the transit in a different angle and Mercury appears a little differently against the, the background. Okay, like a parallax um, type thing. Parallax, yes. Okay, got it. Yeah, okay. and uh, by doing that, you can be able to determine how far away Mercury is by okay. seeing uh, the parallax. So that's one of the scientific um, uh, experiments you can do. Now, do you plan yeah, on it? Other than that, other than that, it's just like a like a sporting event. Okay. Do you plan on imaging this event? With that? Do you plan on taking images of the transit? Um, I'm going to try. Yes, okay. I'm going to try, and I'll hopefully, um, you know, take some some CT images and also maybe video. Okay. Um, uh, it's very very interesting to see. If, if Mercury go anywhere near the sunspots, and okay. you can compare, um, to compare the, how much you know how much blackness is involved between uh, Mercury and the sunspot. Okay. And unfortunately, it's not too many sunspots visible right now because the sun is at the minimum activity period. Right. So, so um, I can you know see if there's going to be any sense by unless it's developing between now and five days but most likely it won't happen uh because um you can see mercury is almost like jet black compared right. to the sunspot group now and if, uh, you think yeah you think the sunspot is uh, much is, is black enough but but compared to mercury mercury is jet black because right. there's yeah. no sun hitting that side of it right it's it's yeah now, now, if people make observations or images, um, I, I understand they used to send them to Mike, but would you be willing to accept those now and, and do something with them? Uh, what, the, taking the images? Yeah, if, if people want to send images to you, can we do that? Oh, um, yes. Um, um, yes, because I think Michael Render was, um, he was a coordinator for Venus and Mercury. Uh, yes. Uh, Twins' session. Yeah, and um, 
So uh, as far as I know, I don't know if there's anybody going to take over that, but uh, I probably will be able to fill in for the, uh, for Mercury transit uh, observation. Okay, so what I'll do in the show notes of this podcast, I'll put your email address in there. So if anybody has any observations or images or notes that they want to send you regarding the transit, they can send directly to you via email. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds very good. Yes. Great. Well, Frank, do you have any other information you'd like to share with our listeners before we let you go? Um, Just pray for good weather. (laughs) (laughs) Just pray for good weather. Now, just in case, if um, if you see that the trends are occurring on a on a cloudy day, there is a website that you can able to see it live. Um, I think I have here. If you go to the NASA website, nasa.com website, or you go to SLU, S L O O H dot com, and um, you, I think they will broadcast live when doing uh, doing the transit movie. Okay, and that's probably NASA, um, that's probably NASA.gov, not NASA.com, though. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. And, uh, I believe that I believe that seven more uh, website they're going to show live. I, I don't know if you click on Sky Sky and Telescope, um, okay. and I think they will broadcast live image of the transit. Okay, know? well, I will add all those locations to the show notes as well, so people can just. After hearing this podcast, if they do have cloudy skies or are not in a place where the transit is visible, they can click on one of those and see it live. Yes. Yeah. Well, Frank, I really, again, want to thank you for stepping up and doing this podcast with me. I know it's been a difficult time for everybody here at the ALPO, and uh, I really appreciate you doing this for me. I really do. Okay. You're welcome. All right. Well, thank Thank you for coming on the podcast today. And I just good luck to everybody and um, just uh, hopefully and be safe. Yes. No, safeguard your eyes. Make sure and just enjoy the, the show. All right. As Mike Reynolds always says, keep looking up. That's correct. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. Again, I want to thank Frank Malil for coming on the podcast today and giving us an update on the soon-to-be Mercury transit across the sun. Please get out there and observe it and be safe, like Frank said. We upload a new episode of the Observer's Notebook every few weeks. Actually, it's on the 1st and 15th normally of every month. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please put a rating on there and a review, a five-star rating. I really appreciate that brings more people to the podcast. It heightens the awareness of people that we actually exist and it helps us out. So please take a few minutes. If you're listening to this on iTunes, go over to that button where it says review and just write a five word or 15 word uh, review of the podcast with a star rating. I really appreciate it. It really helps us out. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, and Amazon Echo. And if you really like the podcast, you'll want to help me out even more because all of this comes from me. There is no support from the ALPO financially for this podcast. The production, the web space, the equipment that I use, the, the server where the podcast is kept, 
on all of that costs money. And it's supported only by the listeners. And it's done through a system called Patreon. You can give up to $35 a month. You heard about it at the beginning of the podcast. You're going to hear about it at the end of the podcast because I need help with it. And if you give up to 35 bucks a month, I know that's a lot for some people, but you receive one year's membership of the ALPO, and you'll also hear your name spread all over the end credits of this podcast. And with that, I want to thank the producer of this podcast, Steve Seedentop, who generous support of the podcast from the very start. This man has helped us out a lot. And the changes you've heard in the podcast, the audio quality that has gotten better and things like that, a lot of that's due to just Steve opening it up his wallet and helping us out. The link for Patreon as well as the link for the ALPO is in the show notes. And if you have comments or information you like or, or program suggestions, send me an email. My email address is commentman at commentman.net. Or if you're on the Twitter, you can tweet us just by going to Observers NB Pod. Until next time. I hope you will always have clear and steady skies, and I want to thank each and every one of you for listening.